From the Gray Homestead in the heart of the Ozarks, this is Front Porch Anarchast. We're spreading the ideas of freedom and liberty from the front porch one episode at a time. Front Porch Anarchast. Freedom starts on your own front porch. And this episode starts now. I heartily accept the motto that government is best which governs least. Carried out, it finally amounts to this, which also I believe, that government is best which governs not at all. Thank you for listening to this pre-election 2020 episode of Front Porch Anarchist. calling this the pre-election episode, but it's also the pre-Halloween episode. I am planning I'm planning a, a Halloween episode. It's going to be big. It's going to be the biggest. It's going to be very large. It's going to be huge even. Big and beautiful. Beautiful and sexy. Well, about as sexy as a podcast about anarchy and elections can be. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I'm not really sure that there's any spin you can put on that to make it to make it sexy. But that's an upcoming episode. That'll be the Halloween episode. This episode pre-election I'm uh, I'm thinking that's what I'm just going to call this episode is pre-election. And I'm going to subtitle it. I'm going to subtitle it The Sean and Steve Show. And you'll find out about that later on in the in this episode. First, of course, as always, I have to pay the bills. Still making decals, still making t-shirts. I have been, um, I've been a busy man. This is the first episode, what, since July that I think I tried to record a couple of episodes and um, since then. But this is the... This is the first episode since the 1st of July that's actually going to go up in this order. And why is that? It's because I've been super busy. I work a full-time job, and then I do decals and t-shirts on the side. And it's been election season, and election season has been rather good for me. I have made quite a few libertarian-styled decals for this political season. If you need a decal for any reason, doesn't have to be political for any reason. Right now I'm working on Halloween decals for some reason. Oh, because it's almost Halloween. If you have a need for a vinyl decal, cut vinyl decal, then uh, shoot me a message at frontporchanarchast at gmail.com. If you have a need for a decal or a t-shirt, then send me a message at frontporchanarchast at gmail.com or you can go over to the Facebook page front porch anarchist on facebook or you can just go straight to our source which is gray uncommons on facebook just send us a message there and we'll work something out with you on a t-shirt or a decal one or 50 one or 100 doesn't really matter so why am i going to call this episode the sean and steve show and the did I say stupid statist? Any, 
I shouldn't say stupid, probably say ignorant. How about that? Because, I mean, I don't know these guys. They probably, you know, they probably had the best of intentions. I'm not really sure. I figure they probably went to public schools and there was probably some, there was probably some military service in their life. Either they did it or their father, their, um, maybe one of their fathers or somebody was a cop or something. I don't know, but you know, I can't really blame them. They probably just don't know any better. So, and I'm going to apologize now because this is basically me ranting on some, some conversations I had on Facebook. So if that kind of thing turns you off, then I'm sorry. And maybe this isn't the right episode of Front Porch Anarchast for you to listen to. The next one, though, that's going to be all me, I'm sure. But I was having... I don't want to say I troll people, but in these different groups, of course, I'm usually the only one of the few libertarian-minded people in these in Facebook groups, and I'm usually the only person who will admit that I'm an anarchist in these groups. So it's it's interesting to try to get into their mindset and see how they're actually thinking, and most of the time I just kind of lurk. I might throw out a one-liner here or there. And when I do this, it's in my it's with my personal page. It's not with this front porch anarchist page. If I comment using that page, it's usually on news sites, like TV news sites or radio news sites. People will they're more likely to respond on one of those sites if I use my front porch anarchist page. People in these other groups I'm in, these conservative guys and these conservative groups, yeah, not so much. They don't really like they don't really like talking to anarchists. I don't know if they're you know, if they're scared of anarchists or if they confuse anarchists with Satanists. You know, I'm not really sure why, but not a lot of people want to have a discussion with an anarchist. So a while back Someone, one of my friends, I think, maybe posted something about the um, the Brianna Taylor case, and I'm sure everybody that listens to a show uh, and a podcast like Front Porch Anarchist, they're familiar with the Brianna Taylor case and how she was killed, and it was a bad deal all the way around. Um, I'm not sure that the police should have even been at her place. In fact, I mean, I'm leaning toward they shouldn't have been at her place. I can't really say anything bad about the boyfriend shooting through the door, if that's really what he did, because, I mean, if somebody was knocking down my door and I'm yelling at them, asking them who they are, and I'm not getting a response from them, but they keep knocking the door, knocking down the door, Am I going to wait for them to get all the way inside? I'm probably not. I'm probably just going to go ahead and shoot them through the door. And if I'm on that jury, then the guy who shoots through the door is going to walk. And you know what? That's exactly what happened to this Taylor guy, or the Taylor's boyfriend. They didn't even charge him with shooting through the door. But after he shot through the door, then the police, they start shooting into the apartment and they end up killing Taylor, which is his girlfriend, and she was apparently unarmed. Doesn't really matter, right? Because she was in her home. Someone was knocking down the door. 
the occupants inside the apartment fired one shot through the door, and then the police just unloaded on this apartment. And the really sad part about it is that's the only way that anybody was in any trouble for this. The 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 prosecutor decided that it was legit for the police to be there to serve this search warrant. And we could talk about that too, but the prosecutor found that it was, you know, they they had a probable cause to be there to execute the search warrant. So that was legal. Knocking down the door was legal. The occupants firing at the police, not knowing who the police were, that was legal. And the police firing into a house where the occupants had fired at them, supposedly because they didn't know who it was, the police were also acting legally by returning fire, even though these people that were inside were acting legally legally by firing on the police. So in the end, the only thing that happened, one of the police men one of the police employees, he ends up being charged with firing his weapon recklessly because it not only did it go into that apartment, but it went into some other apartments. So then they burned down Louisville. Louisville? Louisville. They didn't really burn it down, but there was some rioting that went on there. And understandably so. I'm, I mean, when you go back and... And look at the reason for the search warrant. There's really not a leg for the police to stand on there. They searched the house afterwards, no drugs. And then when you go back and look at the search warrant itself, there was some there was some sketchy information on that or used to get that that warrant. And it all stemmed from Taylor's ex-boyfriend and his drug dealings. Now he didn't live there. At some point, he did receive some mail there, and from what I've read, the police kind of maybe fudged a little bit on exactly what that mail was and, and how they knew what the mail was. I read a couple of different reports that said the police said that they talked with the Postmaster General or Postmaster Inspector General or whatever they're called and found that he was receiving suspicious packages at Taylor's. Address, but then when questioned about it, the um, the guy they said they talked to said he wasn't aware of that question being asked. So I don't know. There is some room for conjecture there. So he said, she said, but it it's neither here nor there. The police had no evidence that there was going to be any kind of drugs stored there or sold out of there, but. Somehow they obtained a warrant for that. In fact, the the ex-boyfriend was across town or at least several miles away, and a search warrant was being – and an arrest warrant were being served against him at the exact same time. So I'm not really sure why they felt the need to go in and do a no-knock raid on this um, presumably single woman's apartment in the middle of the night. doesn't make any sense to me. I'm – I'm not a fan of no-knock warrants. As as somebody who who has had the police roll up on me in the uh, on my own property without any warrant at all, I'm I'm no fan of cops just blowing in at nighttime and and you know just assuming that you're going to know who they are. Uh, the cop rolled up on me, had his high beams on me in the middle of the night. 
I say in the middle of the night. It was probably an hour after dark, but I mean, it was dark, dark. And he rolls up on me with his high beams on, no flashing lights, no siren. I mean, he just rolls straight up on me head on and um, jumps out of his car. And I jumped out of my truck. And then I just, just by the, I mean, it was just pure luck. Once I jumped out of my truck, I could see the reflection his lights were reflecting off of my truck, which illuminated his door panel enough that I could see Sheriff written on the side of it. I mean, at that point, I went ahead and dropped my gun. But, I mean, how do you not think that rolling up on somebody or busting down somebody's door in the middle of the night is a bad idea? How do you, how do you think that's a good idea? I don't, I don't understand that. You start busting down my door in the middle of the night and, and we're all screwed. I'm sure, even if you're legit, we're all screwed because, uh, you know, it's not going down that way. The police said they announced themselves, but, you know, if I'm asleep or even if I'm in a if I'm in a back room watching TV like they said they were doing and somebody outside an apartment building, really outside an apartment and they're going to say police or whatever and then start banging on the door, you're not going to hear that first identification there of police. So it was a bad deal all the way around. Well, one of my friends posted something about it and some some statist. I'm going to call him Sean the statist. His name was Sean, but obviously his last name wasn't statist. Sean the statist said that she got what she deserved. She shouldn't have been hanging around with thugs. Did he say that? Or maybe somebody else said that. But he did say that that um, she shouldn't have been selling, selling and storing drugs out of her house that kids were going to get a hold of. All right. Nobody said that she was selling drugs. I don't think even the police, the police weren't even saying she was selling drugs. They were just hoping to find some drugs there. They didn't even have any evidence that she was storing drugs there. I I heard one I heard one theory that the reason they were doing this to her is because for starters they thought she was alone and they thought that if they came in and intimidated her they could get her to roll over on the boyfriends because I read some of the transcripts I don't even know where those things came from they were they were hacked or something leaked and I read some of the those transcripts that the police were using as probable cause maybe from the um, phone calls that these guys have been making from the jail. And, man, it was sketchy as all get out. I don't know. In the uh, private sector, these guys would have been fired, the police. They'd have just all been fired. And that would be lenient on them, just firing them. Because it was uh, it was some pretty crappy police work. Even in my job, I've got a... I've got a laughably silly job in the grand scheme of things and I have to have a higher burden of proof than those policemen had to get to or had to have to get a warrant for this that's ridiculous and some judge signed off on them busting down this person's door in the middle of the night over this it's it's insane but anyway Sean the statist thought she got what she deserved uh, he said zero remorse, I believe, on that. 
And when I asked him what his evidence was that they were selling or storing drugs in that apartment, he said, well, they had a search warrant. So that was the uh, – evidently, that's all of the evidence that you need is the police. If they get a search warrant, then uh, – buddy, you're guilty. His actual words here after I asked him about what his evidence was, he says, and I quote, she was storing drugs at her house. They had a no-knock warrant for her place. They fired through a closed door. Bang, bang. Bad people gone. I have zero remorse. And um, and then when I uh, I went on to ask him, where is the evidence? Where is the evidence that she was storing drugs at her apartment? There is no evidence that she was selling or storing drugs at her apartment. That's why you can't provide any. Sean the Statist... He, uh, I guess that's at the point where he bowed out of the conversation. It's, this is a quote, it's not my job to provide you with proof of anything. I understand you don't like the job the cops or lawmakers are doing, so go be a cop or run for office. How much more of a bootlicker can a person be than that? To say that, that all the evidence that you need to prove that she was selling or storing drugs is the fact that the police had this no-knock warrant. And then if you just if you just dig a little bit deeper into the whole into the whole case, you can see that the evidence they had on that was crap and they found nothing in her apartment. I mean, they went over that with a fine-tooth comb afterwards, of course. And you know, then you go back and you look at it and I haven't seen the video, but I've read accounts of the video, and they said that the um, the official report is there was no body cam footage from the from the initial no knock raid. So when they when they busted in the door, there was supposedly no no video from that from their body cams. But then I'm told that when the uh, SWAT team and such when they arrived, they had body cams, and there's video footage of supposedly these guys that did the warrant, that executed the warrant, that did the shooting, actually did have cameras on their body. So maybe they weren't recording. Maybe they didn't turn them on. Why wouldn't they when they're going in to serve a warrant in the middle of the night? When you would think that they would want all the evidence that they could gather. I mean, that's why they're going in at the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, they're afraid that somebody's going to destroy evidence. So they go in to get it then. Just doesn't add up. So I'm just I'm thinking Sean the statist. Is it ignorance or is it just dishonesty on his part? Is he trying to be is he trying to cover for his maybe he has some predispositions about groups of people? Maybe. I don't know. There's got to be some reason why he just automatically believes that this woman was selling and storing drugs and somehow kids were getting a hold of them. I mean, there's there's literally no evidence backing up Sean the status. Okay, so it turns out that Sean didn't really like my, uh, my bootlicker comment here. And, uh, and that's the point where Sean, I guess, started... Um, Started maybe doing a little bit of Facebook stalking on me here. Found out about the Front Porch Anarchist. And uh, wants to call me out about that. Like, 
that's what, you know, I don't get it when people, I mean, I call myself an anarchist. Why do people think that it's a, it's derogatory to call me an anarchist? It's like they're calling me like a scuzzball or something or a slime bag or, you know, or worse. I, I don't understand that. You can, you know, it is what I am. Oh, I did invite him to uh, come on to the podcast as well. I haven't heard anything from him. I did thank him also for bringing up the podcast and giving me an opportunity to to uh, promote it there. And then uh, he doubles down on it, says that she wasn't innocent, but continue to make martyrs out of people that are or associate with criminals. So if you associate with criminals in Sean's mind, it's okay if you're killed. Not that, you know, not she didn't, the, the police didn't want her. They were, they were literally there to knock her door down in the middle of the night. But I guess it's okay that, you know, that they do that because boyfriend was a criminal. Um, I messed this part down here because I, I'm going to read this word for word, okay? So these were law-abiding citizens. Did you miss the part where he shit a cop from a closed room? Hmm. H-M-M-M. Okay, I'm sure that was a typo, but <laughs> that just turned out pretty funny. And I'll probably get, like, kicked off of Spotify or something because I'm, uh, because I use that word in here. But that part was pretty funny. And you know what? This isn't a funny topic whatsoever. But his logic is laughable because what Sean is failing to see is, yeah, we saw that he shot a cop from a closed room. We saw that. So did the prosecutor. The prosecutor, I think it was the prosecutor. It had to be the prosecutor because it didn't go to trial or anything. Um, they didn't charge the guy with shooting the cops because he had the right to do that. Someone was knocking down his door in the middle of the night. He didn't know who it was. He fired a shot through the door. He was defending himself. It doesn't matter how you look at it. They have no proof that he heard that it, it, were, it was the police. Put yourself in his shoes. If you know that the police are knocking down your door, why are you going to shoot through it unless you want to die, right? And he shot one time. Now, that doesn't seem like a guy who has a death wish. It seems like a guy who shot and then for some reason he figured out that he shouldn't have shot or when I say shouldn't have shot, he shouldn't have shot because it was the police. If it had been anybody else, it would have been fine. And the only reason it's not fine to shoot at the police most of the time is because they're going to respond with overwhelming force and they're going to kill somebody. So... Maybe that's what Sean is missing. We didn't miss the part where he shot the cop from a closed room. He's missing the part where the cops were there for no reason, knocking down the door. Um, you know, and, and Sean the statist, he's not alone. There's plenty of people. There's plenty of people out there that have the same mentality that he does, the same lack of mental prowess. They can't seem to put two and two together. They can't think one step, one, that final step. They can't quite make that connection. But the good part is there's more and more people every year 
who are making that connection. And we're choosing to opt out of this effed up system. And and even the people who aren't ready to say F the police, you know, they're making changes in their lives too. They're, you know, they're with, withdrawing. Yeah, they're withdrawing their consent on a lot of different issues and trying to make a way for themselves in the world and stepping outside of that nine to five, get married, have two and a half kids or one and a half kids, whatever the average is, send them to a government school, pay your taxes, work until you're 65 and a half, retire, draw the social security for two years and then die. You know, people are starting to think outside of that box and, and, uh, I'm glad for that. I'm I'm happy to see that. Um, maybe we'll see fewer and fewer Shans in the world. And, you know, I don't agree with all the rioting and burning down private buildings and, and private businesses over this whole nonsense. Um, there was new... There was new information that came out about this case. I'm sure everybody that would listen to something called Front Porch Anarchist has already heard has already heard that they unsealed the uh, the grand jury testimony in this uh, Taylor case and they found that the only reason that that the the policeman that only one of the three were charged was charged with anything and he was charged w- because some of his bullets ended up in somebody else's apartment the only reason that happened is because those are the only pro- those were the only charges that the prosecutor allowed the grand jury to to uh, consider. And after it was over, the uh, prosecutor came out and said, well, the grand jury came up with this idea. And, and in an unprecedented, an almost unprecedented move, the, the judge unsealed the grand jury testimony and allowed the, the grand jurors to speak out about this. Usually they keep the grand jury testimony secret to protect the um, the secrecy there, but since the victim was dead and or since Taylor was dead and the um, and everything else was already out in the open, the judge went ahead and unsealed it, and it made a lot of people mad, angry when they found out that you know what, um, Mr. Prosecutor, you didn't really give your grand jurors a chance to to consider other charges. So that'll probably, um, that'll probably interest, be interesting to follow for the next couple of, uh, of weeks. And again, I did offer Sean the statist an opportunity to come to Front Porch Anarchist. I did check the, uh, I did check my voicemails a few times. I, I didn't get anything from him. I, I haven't got any emails from him or anything. So if, um, you know, if I go back and check tonight and he has sent me something, I'll add a little uh, addendum here. Anybody that wants to say something that could end up on Front Porch Anarchist can just go to the uh, to the podcast page, which is it's anchor.fm slash Front Porch Anarchist. And from there, you can just record a message from your phone. You can record a message from your computer and uh, send it on up to me. And maybe we can include that in an episode of Front Porch Anarchist. Or if you want me to, I can give you a call. We could do a FaceTime or a 
some other, uh, we could just talk on the cell phone or whatever and record that. I encourage people to have civil discussions with me, even if they don't agree with me. Um, poor Sean here. I'm not sure he could keep up, though. He's he's having some issues here with this whole with this whole thing. So that was Sean the Statist. Now, there's also Steve the Statist. And Steve, slightly different issue. And uh, Steve is just as much of a statist as old Sean here. So they're not really brothers. I'm just, uh, they're not related at all. I'm just, instead of including their last name, I'll call them statist. How about that? So um, Steve the statist, We've had a little discussion tonight. Election C, uh, the election is looming. Election 2020 is looming. And in Arkansas, there is a libertarian that's running for the U.S. Senate. And he's running against a guy named Tom Cotton. You may or may not be familiar with Tom Cotton. A lot of people in Arkansas aren't very familiar with him. They know the name, but he uh, spends all his time in Washington, so... He doesn't. He doesn't like really, I guess, to interact with Arkansans. There was a uh, a debate recently. The um, Arkansas PBS and some of the journalists from different news stations. They uh, they all got together to do a to do a debate for different offices that were uh, that people are campaigning for there in uh, in Arkansas and they did I don't even remember all the different ones they they did I know there was at least 3 so there were two that they were good ones I watched those there were three people in each of those but when it came to when it came to the the race the debate for the candidates for U.S. Senator, Tom Cotton decided he was not going to participate in it. Tom Cotton decided he wasn't going to participate. So I'm going to have to give the Libertarian candidate, I'm going to have to give him some credit for showing up for this thing because there was Tom Cotton's a, a Republican. There was no Democratic candidate to even show up. Uh, he was disqualified because he didn't get enough signatures or something in time. I'm not sure how that turned out, how it came to be that way. But right now, it's kind of a unique race, I guess, in the U.S. at this point because you have the you have a libertarian candidate running against an incumbent senator, and there's nobody else in the race. And there were some uh, some polls at the Harrington campaign put out or that they cited and evidently it's a pretty close race now there's there's one group saying that cotton's still going to win by like 75 percent or something crazy like that um but the um the harrington campaign the libertarian campaign they're uh, they're reporting that they're running within like 13 percent of this tom cotton guy so they're really they're really pushing it and and I watched the entire debate, which wasn't really a debate. It was more four or five journalists um, asking questions of Ricky Harrington for an hour. This is not a politician, guys. He 
he is um he went to college he went to a Baptist college and um he did some missionary work in China. He came back. He worked in in the uh, correction systems in Arkansas. He's not a he's not a politician, but dude held his own. His own. He uh, he answered their questions probably, <laughs> and he probably did a better job than I do of <laughs> of podcasting. And you know that's got to be bad. That's got to be tough. He's the only guy up there. Each one of these people had questions to ask, and he's the only one to answer them. And and they still pretty much held him to the debate guidelines of the times that he was allotted and everything for his opening and closing statements. And and uh, a few times they moved him on from when he was answering questions. But you know the guy didn't freeze up. He said he wished he would have had an opportunity to talk to Cotton. He said that, uh, in fact, he was more afraid of the journalists there than he was of facing off against Tom Cotton. And one report I said that, one report I read said that they had contacted, uh, what whoever was reporting this, had contacted Cotton and asked him why he didn't show up. And he said, well, he was just following the um, the precedent set by another Arkansas politician a while back that that didn't debate the uh, third party candidate or some kind of bull crap like that um, they went on to quote a few things that the guy had done that this this cotton has done in the six years he's been in Washington and you know it really didn't amount to anything Harrington seems to have a few good ideas about things that he would like to change. And one of the things that he really has a problem with Tom Cotton with is, as I mentioned before, Harrington actually worked in the Department of Corrections. And he was a chaplain. Not really sure how that works, but he did counseling with people who were on death row, or he did counseling with the victims of people who were on death row. Um he says he has some ideas for what to do with uh, with the criminal justice reform in Arkansas. Where, and he said one of the things he has a problem with Tom Cotton is Tom Cotton says that we have that in Arkansas they have a an under incarceration problem, and Harrington says there's an over incarceration problem because there's so many people incarcerated in Arkansas. Yeah, I can see why Tom Cotton would not want to face off against the libertarian candidate because I mean you put a you put a full-fledged statist authoritarian statist up against a libertarian and you're going to seem like a dictator so um, it was probably in his best interest not to go I hope he gets beaten in this but I was having this conversation um, and it didn't even turn it didn't even start out as a conversation about this was in a gun group and somebody asked who was better to vote for, Cotton or Harrington. All right. And just off the bat here, if you vote for Harrington, Cotton's probably still going to win. That's my guess is that Tom Cotton's going to win. He's got the name recognition. He's an authoritarian. He's a statist. He wouldn't change. He's not going to change anything up. And he's going to promise to put more people in jail. He's going to promise to give farmers more money. He's going to... Uh, continue to fight the war on drugs. I'm just, I'm, I'm assuming here. 
he's going to uh, he's a a war person he likes war and so he's going to uh, i'm sure he's going to continue the never-ending war in the middle east and uh, there's a lot of money involved in that for lots of people and some people are just into that too they just like the whole idea of war and sending their kids off to it so i'm sure he's going to have the majority of the of the votes in that but even if you vote for harrington cotton's gonna win i would imagine I just don't see enough people voting for Harrington. So anyway, I'm talking. Uh, I see this uh, this one guy, his response. <laughs> his response was one word, the question. Oh, you know what? Wasn't even a question. It just says, here's the debate that Cotton did not show up to, so it's all Harrington talking. And this was posted in a gun group. Somebody did ask a question, which one was better or something, earlier in the day. So then... So then this one comes up, and this Steve the Statist, he just replies with cotton. That's all he says, cotton. So, um, you know, I just had a – there was a question that to me was just being begged to be answered. And uh, my question was, why? You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is a gun group. Why would a person say that they would vote for Tom Cotton? an authoritarian statist over the libertarian guy who the libertarian party pretty much stands on the second amendment and they're like yeah let's abolish the ATF and and all the unconstitutional gun laws which is everything outside of the second amendment right so why in a gun group would you want to vote for cotton and that's what i asked the guy why harrington is pro second amendment and uh, steve the statist He's got one problem with Harrington. Open borders. And that's what he says. Open borders. That is the that is on the libertarian platform on cotton. Has he passed anti-gun laws? No. Okay. Well, you know, I can tell Steve the statist, he's not really a, a man who writes a lot, evidently. So I can, you know, I can overlook that because I really don't know Steve the statist. So maybe he's really an intelligent guy that just doesn't have much experience with writing. Um, and Steve the Status just went on. I mean, I, you know, I brought up some, I thought some pretty relevant points, you know. Tom Cotton hasn't introduced or co-sponsored any legislation to repeal unconstitutional gun laws. And uh, I pointed out that in addition to being for, quote, open borders, uh, libertarians are also for the abolition of taxpayer-funded welfare. And uh, this part might have kind of ticked him off a little bit when I said, you know, in case they manage to open up those borders, you won't have to feed the immigrants if you don't want to. So Steve, the statist, he really doubles down now on his statism and authoritarianism. And uh, he says, really? Close borders? Not open. Wasted vote. Vote for whoever. I will myself. I will stick with Cotton and Trump. Again. All right, Steve the Statist. He's not Steve the Writer. He's Steve the Statist. But he brings up a point that so many anti-libertarian people bring up. Or, excuse me, so many of the two-party kind of people bring up the wasted vote. So, okay, I'm not going to convince him of anything else. But, you know, I really, I, I really... 
That bugs me when people say a wasted vote. Because if you believe in voting, how is any vote wasted? As long as you vote. It can't be. Unless you just don't believe that voting works the way that it's said to work, right? So uh, that's what I asked him about. I said, uh, how's a vote for Harrington wasted? And Steve the Statist, he says, maybe wrong terminology as just two running. One thing he won't win. No money, no recognition. Open borders is a sore subject. And people only knows libertarian equals open borders. Oh, boy, Steve the Statist. He goes on to say, Open borders is a deal-breaker for many, including me. Trump is the only one to really try to do something about getting control of our border. But a party that openly is for open borders will not get my vote. No border, equal sign, no country. Steve the Status says that it's a good thing about this country is that this is an election that may decide whether you have that right or not, and many others. Then Steve the Statist, well, there is another guy here who, uh, what? These are all out of order here for some reason. Oh, no. So somebody tells Steve the Statist that the good thing about this country is you and everyone else is entitled to their opinion. Well, well, I don't think so. I don't think that's one of the good things about this this so-called country here. And... um, so I'll just bring that up that, uh, you know, that the bad thing about this country is, is that people can force their opinion on you through voting. And I go on to tell Steve the Statist, you know, I just outlined some of the stuff that Harrington and the uh, and the Libertarian Party are for, including abolition of taxpayer funded welfare. But what is it that um, I asked? I did ask Steve the Statist what what's his problem with making it easier for people to legally immigrate into the U.S. And, you know, I really wasn't surprised that he didn't answer, and he didn't. And, you know, I don't know. It was a couple hours ago. Maybe he went to bed, for all I know. Um, But then Steve the Statist, he never ceases to amaze me. He just keeps amazing me with his outstanding logic here. And after me calling him out on, you know, the fact that you you can force your opinion on other people through voting in this country, Steve... The statist goes on to say that that would be a democracy. The U.S. is a constitutional republic. Voting is is the our voice. Maybe go go back to a monarchy. Would that be better? All right, Steve. Man, you just you keep on surprising me with every little nuanced turn. You're just leading me to places I've never been before here in in my thought process. (laughs) All right, so he dodged the whole, uh, he he wants, do you love it when statists call the U.S. a constitutional republic? I do. I love that when they say that. It's like democracy to them is a bad word, but all the politicians are elected through a democratic vote. Right, the guy with the most votes gets it, except for the presidency. And in the presidency, it's still the guy with the most votes, but it it's not the popular vote; it's the electoral vote, I, uh, the electoral college vote. So I don't know where this guy is coming off, trying to make some kind of distinction between democracy and a constitutional republic. I do thoroughly enjoy the part where he's asking if we should go back to a monarchy, and I love it so much. That uh, I told him, uh, well, you know, actually, I would just like only one less ruler than a monarchy, right? 
I'm not really sure that poor Steve the Statist even understood what I meant when I said that, but but yeah, I told him I'm not. Uh, you know, one less one less ruler than the monarchy, and uh, but he did have one thing right. I'm I'm not really into this whole oligarchy thing, right? I don't like all these hundreds or thousands of people who, uh, you know, in the course of a day are making decisions that dictate how I can and can't behave. It's just anyway. I I did ask Steve. If he could, uh, you know, kind of get back on the subject and explain to me how um, how he figures that people don't force their opinions on on him or me through voting, and then you know, as a as a reasonable man, I'll listen to his argument and see if I can wrap my head around it. Oh my God, Steve, the statist, he goes off um, on a tangent here. I'm not like I said, I'm not really sure he understood the question. Um, he was he did manage to throw in that um, he managed to throw in separations of powers the Congress executive and judicial uh, represent we elect representatives from each state I think he forgets how those people are elected and then he mentions the electoral college I guess he forgets that 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 also uh, you know is democracy. At least he does admit, though, that not perfect, but far better than any other government. Um, then he goes on to tell me I have the right to vote for anyone I wish. How nice of him. And then he went off the rails here asking me if anybody's pulled a gun on me and forced me to vote. And uh, and even though voting is our voice, libertarians have no voice because there is no money or whatever. And, uh, and then he just... He says that uh, open borders is a loser. From that point on here, I haven't got anything else out of Steve, the statist. Not really sure he's going to uh, make a reappearance. But if he does, I will give you... I, I won't leave you hanging. I won't leave you anticipating anything. I will give you an update if Steve, the statist, responds. Now, how long have I been going on about these two statist guys? Probably entirely too long. I think it's been almost an hour. Maybe even longer than that. So this is what this is. This is the kind of people that vote, and these aren't just like these aren't just one-off guys. These are these guys. They're everywhere. I see the guys running up and down the road with the Trump flags in the back of their trucks, in the back of their pickup trucks, and you know they're asking questions on Facebook like, "What are you guys using for flagpoles in the back of your truck?" Craziness. I've watched the debates. It's it's a bunch of nonsense, and all of these people are begging for are begging for more of it. And I'm I'm seeing a bigger and bigger divide. There's there's these people these in the statist community. I'm seeing a bigger and bigger divide from the left and the right. And I mean, you know, I'm not even fifty years old yet, so I don't know. Maybe this has been going on for far longer than I than I can realize, but. Growing up, it didn't seem like there was such a divide between the Republicans and the Democrats. And every year now, it, every election year, it just seems to get more and more just polar opposites. I mean, you got one guy who, you know, he's – don't even get me started again or I'll get all fired up. Anyway, this is what we're up against, guys, and this is why I'm working on the big Halloween Halloween edition of Front Porch Anarchist. So if you manage to stick around to the very end of this one, perhaps 
you will be willing to listen to the next episode of Front Porch Anarchist, the Halloween show. So until that episode comes out, I'm just going to leave you hanging. You're going to be worried about whatever became of Steve the Statist and Sean the Statist, I'm sure. If you have any doubts, I'm sure you could just go to Facebook, open up your news feed, and start scrolling through it, and just pick somebody. They're going to be spewing the same authoritarian status crap that everybody else is. Some of them are going to be doing it for Trump. Some of it are going to be doing it for Biden. I wish I could say this is going to be an interesting election. It's not going to be. One of those one of those old dudes are going to win, and people just... It's like they don't even want freedom. They've got they've got a pretty pro freedom candidate in Joe Jorgensen. I mean, she's for goodness sakes. I heard her on a radio show saying that she would abolish the ATF if she could. How much more pro gun is that? And you know, she would abolish taxpayer funded welfare. Why isn't that a conservative's dream? She's for guns. She's for repealing all gun laws except for the Second Amendment. She's for abolishing taxpayer-funded welfare. And when it comes to the pro-choice or pro-life argument, her stance is government shouldn't be involved in this. So how can, how can this be a losing proposition for anybody? I don't understand, but they won't vote for Jorgensen. And most of it boils down to... They want to vote for a winner, and they can see that Biden has a good shot at winning. They can see Trump has a good shot at winning. So the people who who don't like Trump, they're going to vote for Biden. The people who don't like Biden are going to vote for Trump. And meanwhile, there's freedom just dangling out there like an olive leaf, and they're going to miss out on it. It's one of the reasons why I don't vote. Um, I mean, who wants to be a part of that? Who wants to be a part of electing some old guy that's just going to he's just going to do more of the same alright guys that is the end of this episode of Front Porch Anarchast thank you for listening don't forget to check out the decals and t-shirts if you are in the market for those frontporchanarchast at gmail.com or you can go to Gray Uncommons on Facebook thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this broadcast of the Front Porch Anarchast like and share our page or send us a message at Front Porch Anarchist on Facebook.